Hello and welcome to Supply Chains, the Secret Sauce. I'm your host, Wade Wickes, CEO of Link Supply Chains at linksupplychains.com. This show is dedicated to supply chain and the secret sauce that supply chain provides for businesses. Going to have some humor, real life issues, some solutions, great connections, and a few life lessons. So tune in. On today's show, we're talking about the procurement side of the supply chain. Pretty important side of supply chain and a fun part of the supply chain. How to build the right relationships with manufacturers and how to build that supplier quality performance program. So tune in. Welcome everybody to our show today. It's going to be an exciting show. On today's show, we're really blessed to have with us This person has over 20 plus years of experience in the supply chain biz, Mr. Tony Sizemore. Tony is currently the Director of Purchasing and Brand Procurement at Hunt Brothers Pizza located in Nashville, Tennessee. Tony has a deep background of food manufacturing with emphasis on quality assurance and supplier quality performance. Previously, he has held supply chain leadership roles at Wild Flavors, Grande Cheese, and Gakko Western. One thing I have always admired about this guy is his ability to build supplier programs that drive forward consistent and quality products for distribution. It's just his knack. And uh, that may sound easy, but uh, I've learned through Tony that there are a lot of things that go into making supplier manufacturer partnerships with distributors successful. Hey, Tony, welcome to the show. Well, Wade, thank you, first of all, for that kind introduction. It's just fantastic to be here. And uh, you're right. It's, uh, as I like to say, it's like building a Rubik's Cube uh, or solving a Rubik's Cube every day uh, with a lot of the challenges, you know, balancing quality with supplier relationships and, and how, how you uh, manage those effectively. You know, I could never get all those colors to go on the right side <laughs> of the Rubik's Cube. So I'm glad you figured it out. I, I didn't figure it out. I just, I just always broke mine and kind of glued them back together. So. <laughs> So, Tony, you're coming from uh, Nashville via Zoom. So, everybody, we're via Zoom, and, uh, you know, we're hoping the Zoom quality is okay. And thank you for joining uh, via Zoom here today. Oh, definitely glad to be here and glad to be Zooming with you in the beautiful city in uh, Nashville and the state of Tennessee. So, Awesome, awesome. Well, our first question today that our listeners are curious about is, with your vast background of supplier relationships and product specs. How do you put that together? What lessons have you learned that maybe you could share with our listeners about how you really build that supplier relationship program and having the right quality specs? Well, it's a great question, Wade. I'm going to really talk about it probably more from the 30,000 foot level. You know, uh, there's some things that are going to be embedded in, in, in what you need to do to be effective, I think, in really managing supplier relationship and, and you know, and, and driving the best quality products and services that you can. Uh, I think the first thing you got to do is ensure the supplier really has the capability to achieve whatever the target is. I mean, there there's really needs to be um, a deep understanding of the capabilities of the supply base and not just a we think we can approach. And I think a lot of times without that upfront research, companies can really get themselves into some challenges and problems if they're really trying to have, you know, try to work with a supplier that really may not have the true capabilities that they're really uh, asking them to do. Along with that, 
And what builds upon that is really having clear expectations of what your organization is trying to achieve. I think a lot of times, you know, if you, I used to say sometimes if you ask people what quality meant, if you ask 10 people what quality meant, you may get 11 answers. Um, when you're really trying to set the foundation for, you know, systemic quality program, as well as what that means, you really have to have a good definition of it. You've got to have it, you know, clearly outlined. And I think along with that, making sure that you, the way you being the organization understands what, what you're really after from a quality perspective is um, sometimes what gets overlooked. We get so worried about the spec going out to 0. 0.0000 sometimes that is that truly adding value, you know, to the product and service and to the customer? You know, it's one of those, uh, I think you really have to take that the old fashioned quality function deployment of the bar and automotive term, right? That, to make sure that you're working it from what the customer perceives as value all the way back to you. It's absolutely critical that there's clear expectations of what you're trying to achieve. I think along with that is the expectations of how do you effectively communicate that. That's going to be clearly understood. <clears throat> and I'm not saying just from the supplier standpoint, it's from you know the, the buying organization. Sometimes Again, in larger companies for sure, and I've got, you know, been fortunate enough in my career to work for a couple of uh, 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 very large enterprises that what quality means to an operations person versus what it means to a supply chain person versus what it means to the customer uh, facing people, maybe the sales uh, representatives can be different. So again, those clear expectations need to be understood on both sides. So again, once you've kind of locked in very, um, very uh, finitely, you know, once you're hit, once you want to, once you hit the bullseye or aim for the bullseye, you don't want to move that target. Um, so that's another, that's another key. And I think final, final key I would say would be the bedrock of all of this, the foundation by which it's all built, is really the trusting relationships uh, that any program must be based upon. You're, you know, not all supplier relationships are created equal. I think any of us have been in the field for a while, understand that. And when you're talking this deep level of quality, it really is about, um, it really is reserved for those high value, high impact suppliers. Um, I'm not, not, to, uh, not to denigrate my, our, our uh, friends that may be listening, they're in the paperclip industries, <laughs> but you know, the paperclips and paperclips and paperclips. But uh, it gets to be a challenge, you know, against those high value, High impact on just really where you want to put your um, your effort in this, and I'd say lastly with that, it's only trust, but then also measure. I think part of it is you really still have to once you develop, you know, once you've had a clear um, understanding and a specification set, whether it be a service specification or a product specification, once that's clearly communicated. You want to make sure this thing doesn't go off the rails and that you're constantly keeping a monitor on it. Uh, I'm no Navy guy now. They use the term about the, you're on the quarter deck, but you're on the quarter deck of a ship, and you know you've got the little blips on the radar screen. You know you've always got to have that little radar up so those little blips don't turn into bigger blips, which all of a sudden turns into Titanic. So um, even though you have the foundation of trust, you really need to have that uh, that constant view of what's going on. Always kind of monitoring. Always kind of. That's awesome. That's 
That right there is some secret sauce, folks. So, you know, building that clarity, like Tony said, and then being able to communicate that clarity and having that trust foundation. Um, and then understanding that not every supplier is, is what they say they are. There's, there's opportunities with everybody and just being transparent, I think, and creating that transparency. If we could dive a little bit more into this, um, I'd like to just pick your brain about how do you create that transparency? Obviously, trust is a part of that. Um, but how do you get a supplier to say, okay, this is what I need. This is what you need. And, and, you know, this is, this is what you might need to invest in Mr. Supplier. And this is what we're willing to do. I think it's, uh, you know, it's a lot about, uh, you know, motivation, right? And, and what I mean by that is, um, uh, so I'll, I'll put a premise on this. Uh, my lovely wife, Karen, I've been married 34 years. Um, and, uh, and she's put up with me for that long, <laughs> I'll have to say. Uh, I got the better end of the deal, probably. But it's, you're, it's really, I think, in these deep supply relationships, whereas they're not the same as, but they're kind of analogous to a marriage, right? I think you, you've got to think about continual, it's all about continual communication, right? As I said, being married 30, 40 years, it's, you know, understanding, you know, the other party's wants and needs sometimes. It is, as we said earlier, Segwaying back, it is about knowing their strengths and weaknesses. And it is, I think, uh, about understanding, being cognizant that relationships evolve over time. And you've got to recognize there's some good about that, right? We get to know each other uh, and we, you know, we hopefully culturally align, those kind of things. There's some danger in that, though, too, because well, I got to admit, you know, when I was wooing my lovely wife, I did my setups every day to keep my keep my waistline down. Well, maybe not so much anymore. I may skip a day or two. I may have an extra serving of my favorite banana pudding. Um, and a lot of times, I think, especially in long-term relationships with a, in, in between a supplier customer, um, that often gets overlooked. I mean, in my career, I've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of great companies, and um, a lot of them have valued those long detailed relationships. And so, Kind of coming in on board, you say, hey, you know, maybe not flexing some of the continual, you know, the spirit condition proof we talked about earlier, or what are we really trying to target here? Those can drift. So it's really important to maintain that, um, that relationship with suppliers, just like it is with your, with your better half, right? Of, uh, of, again, always listening to what they're saying, understanding you know, what what uh, what their strengths are, maybe what their challenges are, and constantly again trying to always improve upon. So there's some secret sauce there is understanding those those value propositions and uh, mm -hmm. what's important to them, what's important to you, and and making sure everybody has clarity on on what the goal mm -hmm. is this month and this year and next year and throughout time. And uh, yeah, continuing to do sit-ups. I hear you on that part too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my wife. Can I block my wife from hearing my? <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is just that whole communication piece. So I'm sure you're uh, communicating on multi levels with suppliers, right? You've got mm -hmm. time with maybe the CEOs and time with uh, the supply chain counterparts. Um, tell a little bit. Talk a little bit more about how you develop those relationships. It, it clear. It, it's clearly. Uh, and again, say we're not. You know, we're not. Uh, you know, every single item that we all buy, you're, you're not doing this is probably as deep again. No, no, it's my paper cup friends, I'm picking all those guys today, but you know, probably the paper cups from my vending machine, I'm not spending probably as much time there in that relationship, at least in 
in the businesses that I've worked in. Maybe there's some people that have, but um, for the ones where it truly is an issue where you've got to make sure you know that, that, that quality has to be absolute. Uh, whether it be obviously you mentioned earlier, Wade, I've been in the food industry for 20 years. Food safety, food quality are, are it's, it's the utmost important thing you can do, right? In, in, in that line of work. And so you got to have those relationships top to bottom. As we said earlier, you can't have it where it's a, uh, probably for lack of a better term, a, a little bit of a schizophrenic relationship, right? Where there's, you know, one side is thinking one thing and one side's thinking another. And that's not even within, as I said earlier, that can be within your own organization. So it really is about setting, level setting what we're trying to accomplish. And we being, again, customer and supplier at all levels. Um, I know you're, you're going to need to have a uh, you know, good, positive work relationship with, with senior level management of, of, that, of the organization, because probably as time goes along and as uh, things change, whether it be customer expectations, whether it be quality expectations, whether it be um, new markets, new supplies, new materials, um, probably investments are going to have to be made. Uh, and you know you, you want to make sure they know what you're you, you want to make sure it's not only the plant manager or a buyer and a scheduler at that level right you really want that higher level um, relationship so that when investments do need to get made to uh, improve uh, they understand the why of that and and that there's buy into that yeah, and that's that's an important point and great insight, you know, to really focus, like you said, on those those brands that are particular to your company's success mm-hmm. that need the ultimate attention. And then to your point also about um, really understanding where the work is being done and where the vision is being done and, and yeah. you know, connecting with both because I'm sure you've experienced there are times where you know, one, the leadership may think that something's going on in the supplier, but when you talk to the frontline people, because you have that relationship, you find out that that actually is not happening and that maybe there's a communication issue within the supplier. So, and it's, it's not bashing anything, but it's having that connection and that pulse on what's really going on because it's so important to your company's brand. Right. And I think part of it, you know, again, uh, the half kidding about the marriage, uh, analogy, but I think a lot of it's true. You've got to have kind of that long-term vision uh, for those relationships. Uh, you know, I mean, there are unfortunate times things just don't work like you think over time, and maybe there has to be a part of the ways for whatever reason, but you really want to have the mindset that this is long-term, that we're both in this um, for a long time, uh, because that's that vision then sets the think the tone and the expectation of that we're going to work through problems because in any relationship right whether it be as we talked about people back to marriage thing or supplier buyer relationships there's going to be there's going to be challenges and we want to be able to be able to work through those together um and so it gets back you know what we're talking about earlier from that secret sauce of you know a win-win attitude uh, a long-term vision um so that people can be comfortable in hopefully opening up the lines of communication that a lot of times don't happen between, you know, uh, supplier and buyer. And when I say buyer, not the role buyer, but just the company or customer's buyer. Um, because that's when you really get, that's when you really get the real true good work done, right? It's when you, as I call it, the sweet spot when 
you know, the, the trust level uh, converges with the um, expectation level, which also converges with the execution level. So yeah, that way, great. all three of those things are working on all eight on all eight cylinders or ten cylinders or whatever you know term you want to use. Um, then things really happen. So you know you're not just you've got one part of the organization focused on hey we're making it work well today, but there's also people that are focused on what's going to work well you know one year from now, three years from now, five years from now, et cetera, et cetera. And it really does. And those those are those take a lot of work. You know you're going to invest. You know, um, a lot of your time in in the upfront relationship building, and a lot, a lot of people, you know, have you know, I've been in the supply chain a long time, uh, over twenty plus years, as you said, and it's one I think uh, when people talk about having those deep relationships, they're 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 pretty rare. They're they're not they don't occur every day, but again where you need them, you always need quality for everything, but where you definitely need them, especially for engineer to order products, make order products, something that you're doing that's uh, uh, maybe not the standard specification stuff, right? It's really where I've seen in my career. Because I've worked in everything from, you know, make to order stuff, engineer to order stuff, to just, you know, standardized products. Really on those uh, special products I'll talk about are services when you really have to spend it. Again, back to the expectations, and then measuring, once we all agree what those expectations and the value is, measuring against that, are we hitting the mark or not? And then being open enough to when we're not, how do we, how do we check adjust? And, and times like this, uh, I, I imagine it really pays off to have that relationship <laughs> with COVID and all the craziness that's, oh, yeah. that's going on with that. I mean, that's Yeah, cool. you know, I'm pretty active in a few supply chain organizations and I've probably heard the term, uh, fluid, flexible, uh, you know, more now in the last six months than we've heard probably in the last uh, 30 years uh, mm -hmm. in the industry. And again, yeah. it's because, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, lot of uncertainty, right? I mean, everything from demand patterns to uh, supply patterns, um, you know, and that, yeah, it's, it's, that's why, you know, you spend uh, all the time, what I call it during the, the mundane times, right? About again, thinking about those relationships, building those relationships. Because yeah, it's it's when times are challenging and, and uncertain uh, that they're most needed. Sure. That investment paid off. Yeah, that's great. Hey, another box office hit that you mentioned, which um, is really deep, is about that quality and how quality is defined. And I think you've you've really done a great job in in your career identifying who owns the quality uh, flag. Right. And so once you find who owns that flag, then trying to define it and really getting it nailed down. Um, explain a little bit about how you help the organization see who owns that quality flag. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, and I think it's, you know, definitely it's got to have the senior, I'll say leadership and support. Right. Because uh, again, if, if, if we as uh, the senior leader side of, of the organization aren't, uh, aren't, Pulling that flag up, there's no way it's going. There's no way to rally around it. So it does start there, but it really is again back to what we were talking about earlier, setting that clear expectation of what, first of all, what it is, right, and then that you drive that through all parts of the organization uh, is, is key because again, it's it's going to be different for everybody. 
Yeah, it um, could be owner, could be consumer, you yeah. know, who owns that quality. Yeah, again, you know, I think about it, you know, a lot of my uh, background has been in the manufacturing world. And even there, right, I mean, you know, and I go back to the, you know, to the date myself here. So, <laughs> well, I can't even say this, but, you know, back in the 80s, right, you know, when quality, we start thinking of some new terms and definitions here, you know, in, in North America, you know, uh, ISO started coming along, some of these certifications, and everybody used to think of that kind of this external thing, right? That, okay, we're just putting in these systems, you know, because the quality department wants it. Quality was kind of seen as this external, you know, entity that's going to uh, kind of squeeze and, uh, and, and, and uh, grab us and make sure that we're, make sure we're following this, this thing we got to do. To now where it is, you know, it's integrated in. And I think that serves as a good analogy for that, right? That eventually you really have to make sure and ensure that the entire organization does get that. Mm -hmm. And not only from they get it and understand it, but I think even what what sustains it, quite honestly, that's not what sustains it. I think a system can help sustain it, but even that one, um, if you think about what sustains this, is the why behind. You know, and because it, it's all about, you know, where this is adding value to the organization. Uh, if it's a branded company, right, it's to that brand. You're serving that brand flag. If it's to a service organization, maybe, again, it's, you know, how do I, how do I um, get the five stars on Yelp or whatever it is. Um, and that's important. I, I think people have to understand the why. And then once they understand the why, um, you can usually overcome most of the objections as to how. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a very good point. And for those that aren't in the food biz, when we're talking about quality, we're not talking about food safety. We're talking about the actual quality of the brand in, in terms of flavor performance and, and what that flavor um, uh, goal is for the ownership mm -hmm. of that company and or consumers that consume that product. That's a great point, Tony. Awesome information. Really thank appreciate you, that. You. Yeah, lots you know, I did an analogy from one of my other podcasts. Um, Tom indicated he's, he works for a produce company and they were trying to figure out their quality. So he brought up a, a case of tomatoes and laid them out on the conference room table. And he said, okay, somebody tell me which tomato here on the table is the top quality tomato. <laughs> it's like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of quality is perception, but, yeah. but to your point, you can define it and you can take it down to a spec level where you're actually writing yeah. out a detailed spec of color taste. And then there's all those different things, which can well, be I, done on, on probably any product that's made in the world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and that's an important point, Wade, I think, because a lot of times organizations, um, they may be shy away from the level of you know, because it's it, it's at first it's hard especially for you know natural products I and mean, then you know it's in a, a businesses for a long period of time that you know bought a lot of fruits um vegetables things like that i love your tomato example right because you know the same beauties in the eye of the beholder but again if i'm selling to 50 million beholders they're all going to have probably 50 million opinions right and so you have to say how can i make this how can I create this objective, um, I hate these word document, but uh, let's just call it's it true. that. It's true. You're right, it's though. You expect, have to, right? Yeah. And, and you can. You, and, and again, as that drives back to the supply chain, people are, they can begin to understand that. And, you know, the surprises hopefully get less and less. 
Um, hopefully they understand what you know what where the boundaries are with the you know, upper and lower limits. Um, but again, it takes time. And again, it takes time, you know, and I'll, I'll always go back to, so forgive me if I sound like a broken record, it really does go back to that relationship you have so that whomever you're, again, I'm, I'm, as I've always said on the buying side of, of an organization, right, that, um, that they understand there's an important need for that. Um, and so then they're going to take the extra time in investment and in, in training people. And, and helping you understand what needs to be on that piece of paper that we call a specification and, and why is it important. Um, yeah, and like you said, uh, you know, you really can't measure something unless you objective, objectively look at it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really measure the performance of quality. So It is, it is. And again, it's um, one of my own personal um, uh, sayings is, you know, it's like hugging jello, right? If you're not careful, you're, you know, you, whatever, whatever you squeeze, it's beca- it morphs into all different things. And so, you really want to make sure that both sides understand um, what that is. So again, we're all rallying towards the same goal. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, Joni. I tell you what, there's so much that you shared today. And I think that a lot of people are going to enjoy all of your insights because it was really good. And I really appreciate your time. Wade, it's great catching up with you. Great having this uh, conversation. And uh, it's, yep, I'm all about quality, all about relationship. And uh, just really appreciate getting that opportunity to speak to your audience. So hopefully they've got a nugget or two out of that. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I hope we can do this again because you've got a lot of content. I'm sure a lot to share. So I'll reach out to you again another day. Thank all you, right. Tony. Fantastic, Wade. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Well, everybody, that's our show for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. As always, check us out at www.linksupplychains.com. Provide any comments. I always want to know how to improve the podcast. And please subscribe. And be sure to share this podcast with those you think that might find usefulness with it. Appreciate you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.